Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what's behind their failures. Let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shane Hoda with X-Growth. And today I'm talking to Craig Rosenberg, co-founder and chief analyst at Topo. Now, who is Topo, you ask? Topo's team researches the fastest growing B2B organizations in the world across their sales and marketing strategy, people, process, technology, and tactics. And then they turn this data into actionable insight for their customers. Also, they go about and sharing all this information, well, like at least a lot of it, with a larger community. Today, we're talking about how Topo became a dominant player in the B2B space and an advisor to some of the giants in our world like AWS, Microsoft, Adobe, and the list keeps going on. Craig, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was the best intro I couldn't have given. So (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. No, no, it's an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, and I'm I'm very excited now. Um, now, Craig, you have an enormous amount of experience, both in sales and marketing. I mean, before Topo, you did years of consulting and sales development and processes. Uh, you sold previous businesses of your own, held big positions, VP of marketing, and so on and so forth. It goes on. Where did the Where did Topo come from? <laughs> well, I appreciate you bringing up the experience. I think I. Uh, I think you're ready to hear the Topo story. So, uh, <laughs> so Scott Albro, who's our CEO and founder, and I had worked together at a, a previous company that was sold to uh, Ziff Davis. It was a business media company called Tippet, and we had uh, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do next. We both had backgrounds in sales and marketing. I mean, across the revenue process, and so to figure out what we wanted to do. Um, we just started consulting anything, sales and marketing. I mean, if you wanted to pay us, we would try it. And so let's just say over the course of like a five month window, maybe we did, gosh, sales, field sales, uh, inside sales, SDR, content marketing, demand. I mean, the gamut. And, um, And we were just doing freestyling, consulting and whatever. Uh, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do next. And what we noticed was no matter what type of project we did, everyone wanted to know what are the best companies doing. So like, for example, if we're doing inside sales, they'd say, this is great, but what does Salesforce do? Or we are doing um, demand gen. They say, this is great, but what does uh, Marketo do? What does Maria Pergolino do? We started to realize that there was this common thread, which was this realization that massive innovation had happened in B2B sales and marketing. And there was a craving to understand what that looked like. And so we said, okay, well, maybe there's a business here. Um, And so we went to our colleagues in the space. We said, look, we have this great idea. We're going to go and we're going to study the amazing things happening in the world's fastest growing companies. And uh, we're going to figure it out across their marketing and sales, and we're going to package it up into research. Is that a good idea? And everyone said yes. And we had this one gnawing question, which was, okay, we agree, but like information is so easy to get. Like, what, 
why, why would anybody buy anything from us? And um, people said, well, there's one thing that's missing is, you know, you can go to a blog post, you can get um, tips, you know, or, you know, like a set of tips, you know, those are easy to write there. You can go to uh, more expensive places to get frameworks, but nobody tells you how to do it. So we had the second part to Topo, which was what we say our mantra, specificity wins. Could we take the studies we do of the world's fastest growing companies and of course study their strategy, people, process, technology, but could we double click into the tactics, figure out what they actually did? So instead of saying, if you're an SDR, send emails and voicemails, we'd say the best companies send 13 emails and voicemails and they customize them and it looks like this. Could we take it down to the level where people could actually operationalize it? And that was that second piece. And then we used that to launch Topo, frankly. Um, it was bootstrapped. Uh, we made a couple bets as founders together. One was we would pay ourselves what we are worth from the get-go. And, uh, and that meant hitting monthly numbers together out the gate. That's hard. It's hard. But it was, it was what we decided to do. And the second thing was, could we sleep at night doing what we were doing? And I think that meant a lot, right? We, we, we were passionate. And so we weren't making anything up. We were actually doing something we really liked to do. And uh, as long as it kept like that, then we'd be good. And whatever happens, happens. And so that was the beginning of Topo. There was one other thing I would add to that that I think was a really good lesson for me. I don't know what it is. It's this very simple thing that Scott did, who's the CEO. When we were trying to figure out what business we wanted to run, and we ended up where we ended up, but like imagine being back in the middle of trying to figure that out. Uh, we had a bunch of ideas, so I make it sound so simple, right? And then we had this great idea, and then we ran with it. We had like 30, okay? And Scott, you know, when we were trying to figure it out, he takes me out to breakfast, and He's like, I, I want to tell you something. I want to ask you a question. So we don't even, we haven't even ordered or whatever. So what's that? He said, well, we really have two choices. Choice number one is to strive for disruption. That means we invent something and try to convince everyone they need it. Or we copy a business model that works and try and do it better. And I looked at him and I said, I'm old, man. And I'm going with number. I'm going with number two, and uh, that was the other thing. So you know, we really we you know Scott. That was brilliant by him. He said, "Okay, great. We're gonna let's model this business after the Kings, right? We'll model this after Gartner." And um, there's a lot of public business information about what they did, and it was great because we had a model to work off of. You know, we did a couple other startups before, and it was like. Um, you know, we were experienced, but we were still sort of figuring out what models look like. And this one, we took a blueprint that we knew worked and just tried to execute it. Um, and, and that was very early on. And, and that was a really good piece of advice by him. That's so cool. That's so cool. I mean, yeah, I totally, I totally understand what you mean by figuring out a model. Because, I mean, we, you know, we try to do that. And it's just constantly, it's like, all right, so what do we do here? And how do we optimize that? And Let's, let's get insights and consultants in and talk to them and, and figure out, you know, is this the right thing to do? Is, that, is this not the right thing to do? That is, that's really cool that, um, that you picked that model and, and, and made it better. And I mean, I, I, I love that. I love that. Now, 
at the beginning, one of the things that you you had in mind was take from the rich and give to the poor, right? Man. What 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 did you find there? Gosh, you put it that way, man. I I uh, I would say we would take from the innovators and give to the people who desired to innovate. Uh, yep. Actually, that that was probably that's when we knew we had a business was that we were studying these high growth companies that were doing amazing things. And what we learned is they more than anybody else wanted to know what the other people were doing. So whereas we thought, as you said, we would take the stuff we were learning and call it, you know, San Francisco, look, let's face it, B2B SaaS was innovating like crazy in everything from their products to their sales and marketing. So we spent a lot of time studying, you know, these companies that these software companies. So we thought, you know, look, we'll take it from San Francisco, New York, and we'll bring it to, you know, um, these areas where they're still sort of picking, you know, in our case, it might be the Midwest and the manufacturers or whatever. So we could teach them what we've learned from these folks. And that's still the case, by the way. I mean, they still want to know. It just ended up to be very efficient for us, which was, uh, you know, the best companies want to know what the best companies are doing. And so the target research base became the target customer base. And that was, I mean, that was pleasantly surprising. It was very efficient. I mean, shoot, we spent three and a half years selling, basically driving up and down the freeway. And that was, but that, you know, look, that's a lesson for all of us is that um, people that become great don't just make it up. I mean, they're not Albert Einstein's. They, they, similar to the story I told about how we modeled ourselves after someone else, um, you should take in as much information about different models that are working in different best practices um, to continue to optimize yourself. You know, it's funny, I, I, I got to tell you this. I, there was once this company and the CEO said, well, we don't believe in best practices. We make our own. And I said, that's great. Most companies do. But they start by understanding what the best practices are. Because you could spend a lot of time inventing the ones that were already out there. And, um, and that, I think, is a recognition of what a lot of these companies were doing. I mean, they were doing... We had companies that were at the top of the data set of people that were doing the most amazing things that want, you know, that bought a full slate of all the information that they could so that they could know everything that was happening out there. And so it was both great for the business, but it was also, you know, eye opening about, you know, what these, you know, operations that are at peak excellence, you know, how they keep remaining peak, right, is they want to know. They have an insatiable thirst for learning of what's happening out there and staying on top of the game. And how would you get to these companies? I mean, you know, these are, we're talking some, some big names, massive organizations, you know, very complex sales in order to be able to penetrate these, these, these accounts. Were these some of the people that you know from before? Was it some of the existing brand that you had? Or how would you get into some of these the Googles and the AWS and the Adobe's and the Salesforce of, 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 of the space where you were stuck when you were starting. There's a two sided part of the business model, which is to do, we were able, there was a safe play, which was we wanted to research them. And I think you'll find that if you get to the right people, they want you to research them. And so that was one track in, but the go to market was like very raw and very basic. Scott and I made an agreement because remember, we wanted to make um, our salaries out of the gate, 
that's really hard. I mean, we're old, so like our salaries are in a good range. And to get there, we'd have to hit some big numbers initially. And so we made a pact that each of us would take 10 meetings a week. And um, we actually had pretty open rules on the meetings. We we said, it, meet with anybody who is the right person, or we can justify a route to the right person. And so that's interesting if you think about it. I mean, shoot, we got, we met with engineers that, you know, we would take a meeting with anybody. We would, you know, talk to them and tell them what we we're trying to do. And we had a couple rules on the calls. One was obviously if we could do anything to help them, we would. And it was a wide range of different types of people. But number two is we just tell them here, hey, here's what we're trying to do. And then the other part of the rule was at the end of the call, we would always say, based on what you know about what we're trying to do, who do you recommend that we would talk to? And so those first call 20 meetings led to another 20 meetings because what we realized is something that I've been teaching people for a long time. I just found out is real. I wasn't lying. <laughs> that people want to help people that they like. And um, it was uh, amazing. And it, I mean, honestly, Scott held me to that meeting number for four years of the business. And um, occasionally he whips it back out on me. Uh, and uh, it's really easy. It's activity-based. You know, it's funny. Everyone says, well, you know, activity-based. Uh, I just believe, I, you know, I learned in that and just watching other people. Uh, solid activity creates more solid activity. We found deals from places we would never have thought of. One thing we did learn was that uh, the deal was never a straight line. We rarely got on a, you know, went and met an old contact and they said, you know what? I want you to come in and go do something. What always happened is they'd say, this is awesome. Let me think about who you might talk to. And then they would never refer us. Then two weeks later, they say, hey, I just met with Jim for breakfast. You guys should talk. And they would do that. And that's where we got the deals. The deals were like the friends to the friends. And that's how we initially got our business. Now, you might say, well, where did your list come from? LinkedIn. We just went through. We downloaded our contact list out of LinkedIn and started going down the line and catching up, man. I caught up. Let me tell you something. Everyone should do this. I caught up with buddies from college. I caught up with people I hadn't talked to in 20 years. I, uh, I talked to a cousin who I'd never met. I mean, <laughs> it was... It was, it was awesome. And by the way, we also learned so much, right? I mean, you're in the, you know, the, the game. I mean, the, we learned so much by throwing a landing page out there. You also learn so much by going and talking to people about what you want to go talk about. And we would come back each week with our learnings, you know, along the way of, well, I talked to this person, they thought this, or this didn't really work. And, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, that was a pretty simple thing. And here's the other thing we did. Out of the gate, because remember, we were following formulas that other people had done, like the, the, the kings of the game, like Gartner and stuff. And so we stood up events in the first month of our lifetime. We just said, we're going to have an event. Scott said, well, shoot, how many people are going to come? I said, 20. He's like, you sure? How are we going to get 20? He said, we will. I said, we will. We did. And we just kept the events going. We did them every month and a half and that they became part of our um, business model. But initially it was a great way for us to add another channel um, to what we were doing. And we did it out of the gate. 
And by the way, you know who we, you know, we, we were, there, there was a story I had heard about Mark Benioff, who, when he started Salesforce said, no, we're having a conference. The minute he started the company and he hired his best friend, I think from high school and just said, you're going to run Dreamforce, this big event. And uh, you're going to go do it this year and it's going to be a big event. And just stood it up and said, the hell with it, we're having this customer conference. Well, we don't have that many customers. We don't know what we're doing. Who cares? Do it. And we were like, that was our thing. We say, you know, we're going to do it. We're just going to just say we're running events and people are going to come through hell or high water. And yeah, that was another sort of channel that we did. Um, and then I'd say one other thing we did was remember we had this thing where we said, who, what are the best companies in the world doing? Well, we followed that mantra too. Like our website, Scott said, well, we got to be cool. So, um, we copied Optimizely. Yes. Optimizely. We copied your site a long time ago. Actually, we told them that a long time ago. They said, yeah, it did look familiar because Scott said, look, there it's, I mean, pun intended, it's an optimized site. And, um, and so let's copy it. Uh, Scott thought of the little things, you know, because he knew we wanted to be cool, right? Because we were studying great stuff and he thought about everything, like what kind of computers, like I had an old ThinkPad because I was, I break stuff all the time. He's like, no, you're, you're rolling with a Mac. Um, you know, we're going to, your signature has to look like this. He just thought of all these little things that went with the brand. As an email signature, right? Yeah. Any, anything a customer would see, he wanted it to be on brand. I love that. Yeah. The and many people, many people don't think about brand, you know, when they start, they think they're thinking, um, raw demand gen. They're not thinking about brand. And he had a vision for the brand of innovation. And so he looked at the IDOs of the world, right? And he saw how they sort of presented themselves and how things looked and felt. And he took those little things from them and tried to infuse it into how we engaged with the world. It was pretty cool. Hey, it's Alex from X-Growth. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Growth Colony Slack channel. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of MarTech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals hear what others are doing, and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars, and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash slack and sign up. That's growthcolony.org forward slash slack. How did you how did you go about building your own brand? Because I mean, your your name is pretty well known in the space, uh, and and you're referenced quite a lot. How did you how did you start that? Was that something that happened along with Topo? Was that was that something that that you pushed separately? How did that work? Oh man, you keep feeding me these great pitches here because I can talk forever. You know, actually, you know uh, what? We should start with that. Where is the story of a kernel coming in? What's what's the story? I, I know I know some people call you the Colonel. What's what's that about? I gotta tell you something, man. Because we just met. I have so many nicknames. I, I it's I have these like pockets of these like communities of people that I'm friends with, and they all have different names for me. And so there's this there's this like sort of it's a smaller crew of folks, 
And they decided to nickname me Colonel Sanders. And <laughs> I remember when they said it, I was like, what are you talking about? And they go, don't you get it? And I said, no, I still don't. But um, it, they went with it and it became really funny. Okay. And then um, they made t-shirts. Um, I have a t-shirt. I should have wore it. It's, it's inappropriate, actually. It's the colonel is, is, is presenting his displeasure with people. And, um, and they just had fun with it. So I, I actually would say it's not a good nickname. It's a good story and it kept with it. And that it's just funny to call me the, you know, it's like, I'm sure when you heard it, he's, oh, he's known as the colonel. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but basically not that many people call me the colonel, but it's this one crew and they had a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun. I could imagine. So, I could imagine. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of nicknames over the years. I'm just that kind of guy. Let's talk about, let's talk about your personal brand. This is a crazy story. Cause I got to tell you, everyone always tells these intentional stories. Like the story of founding Topo, there's a lot of intentionality, right? Like we were like, we're going to be like this. We're going to be like this. The, the individual brand happened like this. So we were, you know, basically Tippet, which was a company that Scott was the CEO of and I was um, helped found there, uh, was a business media company, but we came from enterprise software. So marketing was still young. I mean, I'm talking like we founded that thing before marketing automation took off like 2005. Uh, what we, our premise was we were going to create a business media company, take enterprise software veterans and, um, learn from the B2C digital marketing guys, right? Because they were just crushing it, right? At SEM and SEO, all these things. So we brought on all these uh, San Francisco hipster um, uh, digital marketing um, gurus. And we founded the company. We started it and we're, we're just going along. And then Scott calls me downstairs. We had a, a two-story. And uh, I come in the office and say, yeah, what's up? And he said, um, oh, you're going to start a blog. I said, what? He's like, you're going to start a blog. I said, well, how do I do that? He's like, we're a media company, dude. Go figure it out. And so I go up, I call our, our SEO guys, a guy named Brian Provost in San Antonio. I call him and he's just as, uh, he was helpful, but he was, he was just the same as Scott. He gets on, he's like, what do you mean? Dude, just start a blog. What, what the hell? What, go look at a blog and go do it. I said, yeah, but I don't even know where to start. He's like, well, the first thing you have to do is you got to go get a URL. And so, um, yeah, I just went through names and I, he's like, you go on the site, you go figure out if someone owns it. So the first name that I came to that I was so excited about after days of thinking was Funnelnomics. And it was taken. It actually, a company called ReachForce had, had that URL at the time. And um, then I tried all these other names, whatever. And I went down to Sky, I said, Scott, I'm, I'm struggling Come on, are you serious? What are you, what are you thinking about? I said, well, I really want Funnelnomics, but someone took it. He's like, look, look at me. You're not a Funnelnomics guy. He's like, you're sort of crazy. You're edgy. Do something else like, I don't know, Funnelholic. I go, okay. And I look it up and it's available. Bought it. Okay. So then I called uh, Brian again, said, okay, now what do I do? I got a URL. He's like, okay, you go get WordPress and go start writing. I said, about what? He's like, don't, why are you asking me? He hangs up. He's just like, whatever. So I just start, <laughs> I just start writing. I oh, got, man, I looked at those old posts. They're so bad. And, 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 you know, and he would humor me on my call. And I wrote him, I said, dude, what am I supposed to write about? I wrote a bunch of 
he posts and he wrote back, oh, those posts are terrible. Like, so give me an idea. He's like, go take a post out there that you like or don't like and go comment on it and link back to it. So basically, this is a crazy story, but this guy had um, hacked Wikipedia and made the mistake of bragging about it on the internets. And as you know, you don't do that. The Wikipedia police just zapped him. So it was an incredible story. It's perfect for me, a guy who loves humor. Post goes up, we cracked Wikipedia. Two minutes later, boom, off Wikipedia. And the next blog post is, they're off Wikipedia. So uh, I wrote a post on that, just linking back to it, telling the story and laughing. And then my traffic just goes through the roof. You know, Wikipedia has this army. And all these guys were trading the posts and a couple of them wrote back and said, we want to write on your site. And the guy who cracked Wikipedia, he's like, interview me for your site. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a media company. And um, I kind of got the traffic going. Then once the traffic goes, you're like, well, I got to keep writing and I got to write better. And so then I started to get a little more serious, started to figure things out. And what happened was, so I was an accidental tourist. And then, you know, the team's like, well, you got to get on Twitter. I'm like, what? What's Twitter? They're like, get on Twitter, go get the URL. We'll help you out. Uh, Tweet this, go tweet that, whatever. Um, And so I start the Twitter handle and that goes along with things. But but the big turn was marketing automation. So remember content marketing, you know, it's so funny. We take everything for granted now. But back then it was like content marketing was new. Everyone, you know, we had these marketing software companies that were like in a cold war for creating content every day. And they were creating thought leaders as a result. They were writing blog posts. They were creating eBooks at a pace we couldn't even believe. Now we believe it because we do it, doing webinars. And they needed marketing automation, needed people that could be thought leaders in marketing automation. There wasn't a ton, you know, the research groups hadn't picked it up yet. I wrote something on marketing automation because I loved it. I thought it was a great idea. And I became a marketing automation thought leader. I mean, literally I wrote one or two things. They're like, oh, well, we want you to come speak at a webinar. And then the other one said, oh, we want you to speak at a webinar. And um, they just started, I came in the mix. And then once, you know, you're a marketing automation thought leader, then I had to dig deep. I had to write about it more and all this stuff. And I basically learned as I went, I kept writing about this stuff, kept learning about these new innovations. And I learned that when you write about it and you study it, that's when you actually generate an opinion and you be, you know, an ideology emerges and um, real learning happens. And so it kind of went hand in hand. Um, everything sort of took off on its own. I mean, I was like, I remember just going to that guy, Brian, and going, dude, I, got, I have like 30,000 Twitter followers. How'd that happen? And um, it just kind of everything just kind of happened like that. I mean, now I'm very self-aware, but back then I had no idea. Um, And so that was hugely beneficial to starting Topo, right? Because people knew who I was and they still do now, right? That's, that's, by the way, not, I'm not puffing my chest out. I'm just saying, I mean, the individual branding thing is a lesson for everyone. And, um, but I didn't mean for it to happen. But it's been awesome. It's been cool. <laughs> so, I've met so many different people and, um, you know, had to formulate opinions and to, uh, you know, know, stay on top of the world as a result of sort of maintaining this thought leadership. 
but I've met amazing people along the way and it's been cool. And frankly, I don't, I don't know, man. I think, you know, if you ask Scott, he would say to Craig's brand was Houston starting Topo. I don't know if I'd say that, but it was helpful. Definitely was helpful. Right. That's interesting. I, I think Mark Andreessen says something, something similar to, you know, pick a new area that it's, it's, it's very new. And if you do, 50 hours of research in that area, you all of a sudden become an expert in it because it's, it's again, there's not a lot out there about it. And, and you can um, crack the code versus going into markets that are established and they're, you know, existing people and people have been writing about it or talking about it for a long time. Uh, I, I love that story. I love that story. One, is, one, of your, um, one of your mantras is work harder than you think you did yesterday. What, what, what is that about, Craig? Wait, where, where did you get that? That's awesome. I said that? That's so cool. <laughs> you, you, you tell me that's not the case? I, you, you work hard. Come on. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I love that quote. I don't know, man. I mean, I think there's something that goes along with that statement, which is, uh, I agree it's hard to work hard. That sounds so bad. Uh, but it is hard to work hard if you don't love it. And you got to love the game. And when you love the game, working harder than you did yesterday and working harder than you did an hour before is, is worth it. It feels really good. And so passion and, and belief is like a, a huge part of working hard. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any substitute for it. I do think people are working smarter, I think. Um, but, you know, if, for example, if you want, you know, you asked about thought leadership and people ask me that all the time, I tell them, you know, it's hard work, right? It, it, you have to do a day job and build that. And so if you're willing to make the sacrifices then do it, man, but like, it's not easy. And like, you got to be willing to work and, you know, building Topo was, you know, was a lot of work. Uh, I think that's, that statement is a great statement. I'm going to put on my wall and credit myself with saying it. I love it is, uh, <laughs> You know, it built on itself and momentum, you know, passion, passionate momentum sort of allowed us to, to believe in that. And, uh, so it's funny now it's like when you say those things today, you know, with the four day work week or whatever the guy's book is, I, I don't know. And the, the you know, four hour, yeah, yeah, four hour, yeah, four hour work day, all these things, you know, uh, I, I'm not against them. I mean, I certainly want people to have balance. I chose balance and hard work. I just chose a little less sleep. Um, you know, I raised three kids, man. I mean, while I built Topo, uh, it just meant that, you know, I, I did, I was always home for dinner. I was feed my kids and, you know, but I, you know, at night I went back at it and, uh, but I liked it and it's really hard to live by that mantra. If you don't like it, love it, want to play the game every day. And so, uh, anyway, I, I, you know, I hope, I don't know. There's so many. Do you know who Dan Waldschmidt is? He's a thought leadership author. And um, no. he's just a crazy guy in a good way. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And I did this one time I did this webinar with him. And he gets pissed when he's talking. I mean, he's so passionate about teaching people to work hard. He gets pissed. And he's like, he's like, you know what? People come to me and they say, you know, well, Michael Jordan would work eight practice, eight hours a day. Right. And, and Dan's like looking at him going like, that's the hard part. That's a choice. 
He's like, it's different. You know, if you wanted to tell me Michael Jordan could do things on with the basketball that nobody else could do, yeah, that's hard, right? But if you want to tell me that he worked eight hours and that's amazing, he's like, Kirsten, that's not amazing. That's his choice and that's your choice. And that always stuck with me. It's like, um, you know, that's a choice and it's okay, you know, if in, in, in putting in that, the hours that it takes to be successful. And I mean, that's a choice. It just is. Hey, it's Alex again from X Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.